0: So in this episode, you'll learn how to keep your confidence high so you can continue to live out your full potential in life and in ministry. You've got a dream to glorify God and make your mark on the world. Maybe you want to grow a business, start a ministry, or become a better servant leader. Whichever level in life you want to hit, I believe that God's calling all of us toward something greater than where we are now. So join me as I document my journey to learn how to grow an online ministry in ways that are effective, biblical, and aren't stuffed with complicated religious or business mumbo jumbo. My name is Alec Hassan, and welcome to the Digital Ministry Mastermind Podcast. Hey, what is going on, guys? It is Alec here with the Current Christian, and I just like to thank you so much for being here. In today's episode, I'd like to give a uh, excuse me, I'd like to give a quick shout out to Barb from Iowa, Shirley from California, and Dennis from Pennsylvania. You guys have just purchased the Planting Your Purpose book, and I just you know just want to give you a shout out and say thank you so much for showing your support. So. In this episode, you know, we're going to be talking about confidence, and I I remember the first time that I heard the saying that it's better to have the devil you know than the devil you don't know. Do you know what this means? Because I didn't. (laughs) When I first heard it, you know, the first time I heard this saying is actually from my dad, and I asked him. I was like, uh, what does that mean? And basically the way he explained it was by telling me the story as to why he said it in the first place, and pretty much... He was in a dilemma of trying to decide whether or not to renew this lease for someone who was living in an apartment that he was running out in Philadelphia. And this person, who was living there, didn't have the best cleanliness in the world. Uh, so when it, kept to, when it came to keeping the apartment in order, they didn't do that great of a job. However, you know they weren't loud. They didn't break anything. They weren't late on rent. And overall, you know, besides their inability to keep the apartment clean, uh, they weren't, you know, they weren't that bad of a tenant. So my dad was feeling conflicted because if someone new moved in, who knows whether or not this new person will bring with them all sorts of other negative stuff. And that was pretty much what he meant by that saying, better to know, better to have the devil you know than the devil you don't know. And my dad's thought process was, that it might just be better to stick with this person whose flaws he's already aware of, rather than risking getting someone new who might have even worse habits. Now, how does this tie in to today's episode? Well, over the past few episodes, we've been working to, you know, identify and pinpoint the origin of uh, these these the toxic voice in our head. You know, that was a few episodes ago, and some of us refer to this voice as negative self-talk, some of us identify it as the enemy, the satan, or the accuser, whatever you want to call it, we can all agree that it is no good and not worth having in our life. So for the sake of consistency and simplicity, I'm just going to keep referring to it as the toxic voice in our head. And anyway, our journey to remove it has come a long way. You know, we talked about the tactics that this toxic voice uses to discourage us when we face adversity. We've explored what areas of our life actually feed and empower this toxic voice. And then we've talked about how to disempower this voice through crafting a positive story that empowers us in our walk with Jesus. And in this episode, we'll talk about the secret tool used uh, that you got to keep handy for after we've kicked this enemy out for good. And this brings us back to the story that I shared in the beginning. So, have you ever kicked a bad habit and started doing something healthy or productive? You know, maybe during the new year you started to adopt something really, some like really positive strong habits while also pushing out the really negative ones. And then, you know, just as you're at the point where it feels like your life is in order, something just like interrupts your flow and you find yourself resorting back to those old nasty habits. And now those bad habits seem to be doing even more harm than before. And on top of all that, you might even be feeling more discouraged because you tried your hardest to do something positive just for it to blow up in your face. And maybe it reminds you of that saying from earlier. You know, maybe you've, maybe you thought it was just best to stick with the bad habits that you're aware of rather than adopt some new habits that make you feel even worse. And Jesus actually talks about this weird phenomenon phenomenon. And I've uh, got a quote here from Jesus that will give us some guidance of, for what to do. And it's actually from Matthew 12, verses 43 to 35. Oh, 43 to 45. <laughs> Sorry, a little dyslexia kicked in there. So what Jesus says is, when an impure spirit comes out of a person, it goes through barren places, seeking rest, and does not find it. Then it says, I will return to the house I left. When it arrives, it finds the house unoccupied, swept clean, and put in order. Then it goes and takes with it seven other spirits, more wicked than itself, and they go in and live there. And the final condition of that person is worse than the first. Now, what I'm sure you all may have noticed in this verse is that Jesus says the impure spirit that leaves eventually comes back. And when it does, It finds the home unoccupied, swept clean, and put in order. And it's kind of like when we kick that bad habit or get our life in order, and then the bad habit comes back and causes even more havoc than before. And Jesus' story describes just that. You know, Jesus points out that when the impure spirit comes back, it doesn't just come back alone. It brings back with it more spirits that are even more wicked than the original one. Now, when you hear that, you might just be thinking, dang, I probably should have just stuck with the devil I know than the devil I don't know. Oh, ding, 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 you know, the quote from uh, from the beginning. But, you know, I don't want you to be discouraged because, you know, this episode is going to help you prepare for what to do when that, quote unquote, impure spirit tries coming back. And I want to prepare you so you can, damn, you know, kick that impure spirit square in the forehead so it won't be knocking again anytime soon. So are you ready to get started? Because, you know, after having that imagery of kicking a demon in the forehead, I'm feeling pretty hype right now. (laughs) Okay, cool. So oftentimes when I've spoken with people or reflected on times where I broke good habits and resorted back to bad habits, it happens when our confidence and our hope is broken by something that gets us out of that mental state of feeling confident. And you can think of that time when uh, in the Bible, Goliath was insulting the Israelites, he was making them feel insecure and anxious, which caused them to freeze in place and not progress with the battle. And then David comes along and is both confident in the skills and confident in who God is. And David was able to step up, step up to the plate and defeat Goliath. And one of the best ways to get back on the saddle and avoid The downward spiral of destructive habits is to just get back in a mental state of feeling confident. Because can you think of a time when, you know, a lack of confidence hurt you in the past? You know, how do you you think your life or ministry would be different if you had the ability to just kind of cultivate confidence on the spot? And you might be thinking, well, Alec, if I'm not feeling confident, I can't just make myself confident. Can I? Well, (laughs) I had the same question when I heard about these tools, because most of us believe that you either have total confidence or none at all, but the low points in our life, they aren't caused by having zero confidence. You know, all it takes is just having like a slight decrease in how confident we feel before we are completely anxious and uncertain altogether, because even a small dent in our confidence can have us entertaining these thoughts of giving up on our aspirations and given up on our goals and our dreams. And whether or not you're asking yourself if cultivating confidence is even possible, I want you to think about a moment where you went from feeling super down or in a bad mood to then feeling super up and energetic, damn, like in an instant. Now, maybe you're thinking about something in the past or the future that was getting you kind of anxious and out of the blue, you got maybe like a phone call, you know, maybe you were feeling down and you got a phone call from someone you haven't spoke to in a while. And you got like, you know, really excited to speak to them or maybe you got done work and you know, you're feeling super drained. And then you come back home and see a loved one. And that just got you feeling great. Like I know, uh, back in high school, you saw, like my mom has a little dog, a little Pomeranian. And when I come back from high school, this little guy would just like, he just would run up and it didn't matter how I felt whenever I saw him in his, you know, high energy. I just felt better. And, uh, you know, maybe you came home from work and remembered, maybe it's like you got a new video game waiting for you and you just can't wait to jump on at least. All right. These are all examples from, from my own personal life, but you know, well, these are, but you know, these are just like examples of moments of going from like super down to then feeling super elated, you know, So it's like it proves that, you know, in fact, we do possess the ability to switch from feeling in a state of like apprehension and anxiety or uncertainty to a state of high confidence and joy in an instant. And it's not so much a matter of like willpower as it is about having the right tools to create this switch. And it's crucial to develop this ability because it's impossible to make big moves in our life or in our ministry when our confidence isn't there. Because when you're in a state of high energy, high confidence, or just simply in a great positive mood, I bet you're able to think of like incredible things that you can accomplish. And even if it's for like only a brief amount of time, having that feeling, you know, just feels like you can conquer the world. So, anyway, what are these tools to cultivating confidence? Well, the first thing you need to understand is that confidence, it's not something like eye color, where you're either born with it or you're not and or well born with a certain eye color or born with a different eye color but anyway you know people aren't born with having confidence or not born with it it's more like learning to write or to talk where you develop it and you can get better at it and improve at it over time if you try so since stuff like writing or talking like you know public speaking can be accessed by everyone at the most basic level of simply like communicating messages and can be developed to the most advanced level of like teaching, persuading, or inspiring others, you know, your confidence can be developed too. So at the first layer of developing confidence, it starts with courage because all levels of change start with having courage. So doing something new and challenging, it requires a certain level of courage. So learning a new skill requires courage starting a new job requires courage moving to a new location like requires courage and now you you may have heard the saying about courage where courage it's not doing something because you aren't afraid you know courage is doing something despite being afraid so when you're doing something for the first time it's not necessarily confidence that gets you to take the first step it's it's courage so think of it like Doing any activity like riding a roller coaster or cliff jumping, you know, from personal experience of doing both, when I approach a new roller coaster or a cliff by the water that I haven't jumped off of before, the main thing I feel is honestly anxiety and fear. And what's required to move forward, it isn't confidence, it's courage. Then after you, you know, make the leap or you get done with the ride, now your confidence begins to build. And you find yourself wanting to go again and maybe again. And then each time you experience it, you get less and less hesitant. You have less and less fear because you're now familiar and confident with the outcome. So when you feel that hesitation of doing something new, you you should know it's not a bad thing. Because you should remember that courage, it's not about doing something because you aren't afraid. Courage is doing something in spite of the fear. And doing it, just simply doing the thing is the first step to developing confidence. So tool number one is courage. And now the second tool, which might seem obvious, but it's worth mentioning, is commitment. Because you can never reach your full potential of doing something if you aren't fully committed. And most often, you're actually putting yourself in greater danger by having one foot on and one foot off. And this tool of commitment Easily applies with the uh, like with the cliff jumping analogy, because it's just like a perfect example of needing to fully commit to something. Because I remember um, I was hearing a story about this family on vacation in Mexico where they had a cliff by the ocean that people would jump off of. And it was a very popular spot. So this mom and her daughter went up to the cliff to jump off together. Like they're going to like, oh, we're going to hold hands. It'll be a great bonding experience. It'll be a lot of fun. Uh, So they go to the top of it. And they were like, all right, on the count of three, we're both going to jump together. And then as it counted down, you know, the mother is getting a little bit more nervous. So it's like one. And you can see on her face, she's like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to do this. Two. And she's like, oh, crap, it's getting close. And they're like three. And then on the count of three, you know, the daughter just fully jumps because kids have no fear at all, I guess. <laughs> uh, but the mom only ran up to the edge and then stopped, which caused her daughter to get yanked back because they're holding each other's hands. And I'm sure you can imagine, if you're on the edge of a cliff and you jump off of it, you want to jump as far away from the side as possible because you're not trying to just slide down the back of these jagged rocks. You want to be far forward so you can be away from the rocks. And fortunately, you know, the daughter ripped her hand out of her mother's hand uh, because if she didn't, then she would have just been slingshotted back slammed into the side of the mountain and just tumbled on the way down and this is a beach in mexico so it's you're wearing uh, a bathing suit not a lot of clothes for protection and you know that's ooh, ow that would hurt (laughs) and that's like the danger of not being committed so sure you know you brought yourself to the edge but you can't half be on the hedge and then half jump off you either do one or the other And if you try to do both, you know what you're going to do? You're going to get hurt. So now I'm sure you can imagine the damage that would have happened if the daughter wasn't able to break free from her mother's hand. And imagine if they both just simply fully committed and jumped off together. You know, they would have both had a great experience and wouldn't have put anyone's body in potential danger. So if the first tool is courage to do something despite having the fear and the second tool its commitment to follow through on it and not just dabble, you know, fully follow through. The third tool that you'll need is our role R capabilities. You know, do you have the knowledge and the ability to do the thing that you want to do? And now we're gonna, you know, I'm gonna refer back to the cliff jumping example. You know, the number one fear that people have when cliff jumping is will I get hurt? So if I showed you the exact position that you need a hold that will guarantee no injury of jumping, I'm sure you'd feel a bit more confidence to jump, right? And the same is true for like all these other areas of your life as well. So if you're doubtful because you lack the capabilities, then, you know, simply learn them and practice them. So ask a mentor for help, Uh, read some books, buy some trainings, you know, because if you know you have the proper form that brings your risk of injury down to zero, then what could you possibly be afraid of, you know? So those are the tools for bringing about confidence on command. You have to first be aware that having some fear and hesitation is just a necessary part of being courageous. You know, you go despite the fear, and when you do go, you immediately feel a little bit more confident. And if you are feeling doubtful because you lack the capabilities, then simply learn them from those who have experience. And lastly, When you do step out in courage, you have to fully commit. Fully commit to stepping out and fully commit to applying the capabilities because half jumping off a cliff will only cause more harm than good. And hey, if you feel like you've learned some wisdom from this episode, then I'd love for you to subscribe and show your support. And if you know of anyone who you think would benefit from learning this kind of information, then I invite you to please share this episode or any prior episode with them. Thank you so much for listening. and I will see you in our next episode. Are you a Christian leader looking to develop the skills needed to maximize the fruitfulness in your daily walk with Christ? Do you want to overcome the burden of not living life to the fullest and fully step into your God-given calling? If you do, then you should get a copy of my book, Planting Your Purpose, a 20-day guide to discover God's calling. It's not just another devotional book. Planting Your Purpose is your 20-day guide that will provide you with the strategies, tools, and insights to turn things around immediately. You will learn how to avoid the top five mistakes Christians make when pursuing their calling in life. You'll develop more joy in your walk with Jesus and unlock the secrets to mastering integrity. And by the end of 20 days, not only will you know your calling, but you'll have an even greater sense of fulfillment and confidence in your life. Everywhere, Christians are raving about this amazing new guide to discover their God-given calling. Get your copy by clicking the link in the show notes or by going to plantingyourpurpose.com. That's plantingyourpurpose.com.